Okay, God bless you. My volume is on, on my other piece of equipment. My volume's not up. Give me a, a one second. I don't know why my volume didn't go up here. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, so good morning, a good day for you all. Good to see you. Lord bless you. Welcome here to the final stand. And uh, we're going to get into some stuff here. Um, this can be a little different for some of you because I'm going to go at this in a different way. I am going to get into the prophetic narrative of what the Lord spoke to me, but I have to lay down and unpack some things before you understand uh, exactly uh, what the Lord showed me. Okay, and uh, so I'm going to get into that right now. Okay. Now, some of you know my testimony about going to hell and how the Lord Jesus, not a vision, not a dream, but how the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I saw him walk through the door in my room and he took me out of my body and brought me into hell. And he showed me that people who are born again cannot make the kingdom of God. At the time I was a Calvinist. I had been a pastor preaching Calvinism. Okay. And this this has to do with what I'm going to share about America and about what's going on on the earth. And you all, I'll wrap it all together and then put a bow, a bow on top of it. Okay. So anyways, um, the Lord Jesus took me out of my body. He said, son, come with me. And my spirit man left out of my mouth. It looked exactly like uh, my natural body. Okay. Again, that has to do. So I saw a separation between my natural body which I, I saw was only a tent of who I really am, right? I left the tent and my real, the real me left my natural tent, my temporary corporeal tent. And the real me looked just like me, but it was my, it was my spirit and soul, man. The, the soul is not like a lot of people think the soul is who you really are. That's your, your suitcase, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That part of me left, which is eternal. It's, 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 it's um, immaterial. And it's it, 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 eternal. Anyways, I was taken into hell and the Lord showed me. Uh, I saw that I, I was going down with Jesus. He was on my right hand side. He said, son, come with me because because this was a revelation to a born again Christian. So he said, son, come with me. And I began to go through the layers of the earth until finally I was in the belly of of hell. And the Lord told me that if I continue to preach what I was preaching and believe it, this would be my punishment. And what I was is I was in hell. I was in a white sepulcher because I was I was receiving the stumbling stone um, judgment. That is for a pastor to mislead people. And what I was doing was had been preaching Calvinism. Okay. And so I was receiving the stumbling stones judgment. And that is because I had been teaching false doctrine. Anyways, I saw people in hell, and I saw them bobbing up and down in what would be, you would call the lake of fire, and um, it was outer darkness, though. It's hard to explain, and one of the people that had been at my church cried out to me and said, Pastor John, I thought you said we couldn't lose our salvation, and uh, they said, Pastor John, you said we could not lose our salvation, and this lady was in hell with me, and there was other people there that uh, probably were people that I had misled as well. But that was one person I remembered. I saw these others. I can't remember all the details, so 
And I remember seeing this. And then, um, so there was, there was three sp- spirits that were there tormenting me in hell. And those three spirits would be three spirits that would attach me if I didn't get the fear, it, uh, receive the fear of God. And so I saw these three spirits. They were, they were basically cursing me. But in hell, all of a sudden, I began to hear all of these demons, millions of millions of demons, maybe billions or trillions demons. But the difference in hell, since I was out of my natural body, I could actually hear individual voices, though I heard all of them. I could distinguish, in other words, what each demon was saying, what each demon was saying. I could understand it and comprehend it, which is impossible if you got a trillion voices talking to you at one time. As a human being, you can't understand everybody. In fact, we when we get a, in a room and three or four people are talking at the same time, we say, hey, quiet. I can't, just let this person talk because I can't understand you. But in hell, since I was a disembodied, now I was a human being that was disembodied from my flesh. I was now just a spirit. And that is in hell, right? So at that time, okay, my my, my capacity was as a spirit. And I wasn't, I wasn't locked down to this corporeal uh, earth, this temporal earth, but I was now in hell, which is eternal. And as a spirit being, I could understand all of the voices of all of the demons that were cursing me, which could have been trillions. And I began to lose my mind. And I cried out, creator of heaven and earth, have mercy upon me. And at that time, Jesus stood next to me and he said, peace be still, my son. And he took me back and brought me back into my body. And from that day to this day, I've not been, uh, I do not believe once saved, always saved, since Jesus took me to hell and told me that was a lie. Showed, told me and showed me that was a lie. So, so what does this have to do with the, the prophetic word I've got to uh, sharing today? Everything to do with it. So people who have left, that's fine. Let them go. This has everything to do with the prophetic word that I'm sharing today. Okay. As I've been seeking the Lord for a deeper fear of the Lord, the Lord has been cutting layers off of me. Okay. See, the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, but it's the middle of wisdom and it's the end of wisdom. Job 28, 28 says, behold, the fear of the Lord is that that is wisdom. And so as I, I, I begin to pursue God here recently, in just seeking to have a more pure fear of God in my life and and just seeking the Lord to uh, be more conformed to Christ, seeking the Lord to have a deeper repentance, seeking the Lord in the fear of the Lord for several days, maybe like a day to two days, maybe three at the most. I, I think it might have been around three days. As I did that, God began to uh, begin to tear away different things from my eyes. Now, you understand that the Bible says, in the word of God. And so I want to give you eye salve so that you can heal your eyes. And because there's like scales on them and you got to have then ear salve so you can, you know, uh, fix your ears. So even though you have eyes and ears, it doesn't mean, mean that you necessarily hear or see. And so on this, this time of seeking the Lord, the Lord began to break off layers and layers of stuff that I began to see clear. The more the fear of the Lord was inside of me, the more purified I became over these days of seeking the Lord heavily on this quest. 
of a closer walk with the Lord. And this is recently, this isn't from years ago. I'm talking about recently. And, and, and I was receiving veils were being taken away and, and things were being cut off from me. And as I began to see these veils removed from me and I began to, my eyes began to see more clear and my ears began to hear better. And my spirit man began to, to begin to be more active. I began to discern that a lot of what's being said in the body of Christ is out of context. It's wrong. And, and I realized that a lot of people, and I'm, I'm going to mention some of the ministries, uh, that doesn't mean all these ministries, in fact. Uh, in fact, I won't mention any ministries right now, but I'm telling you, many uh, of the prophetic ministries out there are compromised. This is what I was shown. Now, understand, I've had visions, and I've shared them on this program in dreams, but my experience that I had originally that I talked about, that was not a vision or a dream. And visions and dreams can be accurate or inaccurate. But when you see Jesus, that's a whole different thing, right? We're talking a personal visitation of Jesus Christ, okay? Wasn't a dream, wasn't a vision. Take it up with the Lord. So the Lord showed me that there's been a spirit that's in the body of Christ that's wrong on very large prophetic ministries. I I know this is uncomfortable for you to handle or to like or whatever, but it's the truth, okay? And because they don't fear the Lord, they're taking everything they hear and putting it into the grid of their theology, putting it into the into the grid of how they how they imagine God to be, put it in the grid of of or the filter. It's coming through the filter of their theology, and 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 this is what the Lord showed me: that most people in the world and many prophets do not really fear the Lord, not like they should fear the Lord. They all have a, a, a fear of the Lord. Many of them that are true prophets have a fear of the Lord, but it's not a deep, mature fear of the Lord. And because of that, it causes what they hear to be perverted in their ear. Even if they receive a vision or a dream, it's perverted in their ears. Because, because it, it's, getting, it's being given to a soul that is not in submission completely to God. So what, what it is, is I've, I said before, we're a spirit wrapped in a soul living in a body. Okay, but we are our strongest part of the human being is their will. And therefore, it is our will that submits ourselves to God, resists the devil and walks with God. Okay, but the problem is that the Lord gives visions and dreams to prophets, but but they're still walking. uh, They're walking in the flesh or they still haven't got dominion and and their their soul renewed. And so what they hear is is not clear. In other words, look at. You understand, as I've shared before, I know you're saying, Pastor John, you've said this over and over again. Well, that's fine. It's the truth. Like I, I talked about from Jeremiah 18, okay, that you got to understand something. This is this this is all got to do with the fear of the Lord. I'm going to share what's going to happen here and things things are going to ha- happen here. First place, I want to tell you, Russia ain't going to attack America this year. That is not going to happen. That's just, it's false prophets prophesying. And I'll see you in 2023. That's a, that's from prophetic. I'm telling you that, that you, you'll see if I'm true or not, but I'll see you in 2023. I'll be, I'll see you in 2020. If I'm alive, I'll see you in 2023. That's what I'm telling you. Guarantee it. Okay. But let me read this real quickly. And I'm not going to talk much about it because I've got to get this and you got to let me unload this. Okay. Whether you've heard me say this or not, you need to hear it again. Jeremiah 18. Verse 7, at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up and to pull it down or to destroy it. Now, saying God speaks, Amos uh, 3, 7 says God won't do anything in the earth unless he first speaks to his servants, the prophets. 
Now, I'm not going to unload things quickly, so just hold on. So he's saying, now, God never spoke from heaven to, to the different countries. He always spoke through his servants, the prophets, his navi, his, his oracles, okay, right? Uh, and and, uh, and you're a priest, and you're a king, and, and it's a priest that says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, it says God has made us all kings and priests. A priest had the ephod on it, where they had the urim and the thummim. It was a way to hear from God, so you're prophetic in nature. How about that? You are prophetic people in nature. That means you can hear from God. Every Christian is, is prophetic in nature. That's a New Testament teaching. It's getting out there to other Christians now in different parts of the world. And uh, and so, anyways, I preached and I've been preaching it from here. Okay, and what at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to pluck it and to pull it down and destroy it, if that nation against whom I have pronounced, prophesied, turn from their evil I will repent of the evil that I thought to do them. So he's saying, look, if I send a prophet, he says, I'm going to destroy the nation, and that nation repents, I won't do it. Then he goes and he says, um, in verse 9, and at what instant, at what time, or at what instant, which means at what time, I shall speak concerning a nation, speak, prophesy concerning a nation, a kingdom, to build it and plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit. So he's saying, even though I've I've said I was going to destroy a nation, if it turns, I won't. And if I say I'm going to bless a nation and and, and it turns away from me, then I won't bless it. And this is the, the word of the Lord came to me during this time of seeking the Lord through the fear of God. And, and this is something that I've, I was pursuing and and the the fear of the Lord is the Bible says is clean, and the fear of the Lord was removing layers over me, and began to show me that that many very large prophetic ministries are very off, and they either they're saying that 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 right now God is just going to wipe out America completely and it's all going to get destroyed, these people are off, and then those who are saying I'm going to tell you this they're off, and those who are saying that that America is going to have the, it's going to be better than it was in 1930 or 1919, you know, not 1930. That's what was actually very good. But like, you know, maybe like in the 1800s, 18, 1880 or 1870. No, listen, it's not going to be like that. This And you hear these people and, and, and what they're saying is they say, oh, God is going to just send his glory to the United States of America. He is. But the, the glory of God is not going to hit all, all 50 states. At the same uh, same power, this they're living in delusion because 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 they're receiving it through a filter where God says I'm going to do I'm going to bring an end time revival, but the problem is the filter that they have and the grid from which they're receiving that word is not a renewed mind. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. It is not going to go down as a lot of people think, and they, they envision like uh, a new constitution being uh, uh, given to the United States of America and, and all of these other things that the people are saying. Listen, I bless you and I love you, but I'm telling you something. America is never going to be like it was before. America has changed forevermore, and, and there's going to believe. I believe some good shifts and good things happen in America. I believe that to be true, but I'm telling you right now that the enemy wants to always distort and twist things, okay? He's a liar, and, and so he likes to d- distort and twist things. So I'm just let you – I'm saying this because you need to understand this, okay? It's not the end of the world, people. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? I'll, I'll see you in 2023, the Lord willing, that I'm still alive. If I'm not alive, well, then you know in, in 2023 you'll say, yeah, the pastor said that. He was right. No, because I'm telling you right now, it's not the end of everything, 
those who are saying that are wrong. Are we in the end times? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm telling you what the Lord showed me during my time of, of seeking him over a two to three day period, that many are deluded. And so they only receive things through their filter and the grid which they have. And so here's a here's look at I've had visions about Donald Trump coming back. Okay. And 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 I prophesied maybe more than anybody ever has on that subject. Really, there's I've got like hours and hours of prophecies and visions about Donald Trump coming back. Okay. But you got to understand, I mark that based upon what it says there in Jeremiah 18. If if he comes back, we'll praise the Lord. If he doesn't, Jeremiah 18 explains why the nation hasn't repented. Okay. And as I began to seek the Lord, the Lord, this one scripture, read it every day. Read that scripture I gave to you every day, and you'll come back and say, yeah, Pastor John, you're right. I wasn't thinking correctly. No, I'm telling you right now. And so I'm telling you something, This that, that the Bible, Paul says that the, the word of God is for teaching doctrine. This is sound doctrine. Jeremiah 18, verses 7 to 10 tells us that God can send a prophet and say that he's going to uh, destroy a nation, and if that nation repents... He won't destroy it. And he says he can send, send a prophet, and, and that prophet can prophesy that God's going to bless a nation. And then it turns away from God, and he says, I won't bless it anymore. And yet today, prophets throughout the United States of America keep on saying that God is going to bless America, period, and report. Look it. You're, you're, you, gotta, you are wrong, and you have no discernment. I, I'm, I'm still hoping, and I'm still feeling that Donald Trump's going to come back. I still feel that way. But 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 the word of God tells me if this country doesn't repent, that isn't going to happen. Okay, but I, I sense that. Hey, and and people send me prophetic words, and I don't care about their prophetic words because the Lord showed me many of you prophets are deceived because you do not fear the Lord. That's what the Lord told me. Many of you prophets are deceived because you do not fear the Lord, and because whatever you see, you don't take it from you in the spirit of God. You receive it in your soul. And you're walking as a soulless person, not that is the spirit, the spirit, you're, you're to take your will and bring your will is to bring your mind and your emotions subject to the Holy Ghost. That's your job, not God's job. Okay. And if you don't take your will and subject your mind and your emotions to God and you bring your body under a, a authority, subject, subjugate it to God's. Okay, then then whatever you hear and receive will become distorted, distorted. It's like the word iniquity means to be twisted or warped. And so the Lord showed me that the prophets have a a twisted and warped word, that it's it's imbalanced. The Bible says that talks about wisdom. Wisdom is always balanced. And so many people are either uh, they're thinking everything's going to be like Armageddon or they're thinking it's going to be utopian. And neither one are true. What we're going to go through, there's going to be some shaking that's going to continue on. Listen, back in 2016, it's on this on this program. In 2016, I began to prophesy, and I began to prophesy about a storm that I saw personally myself in a visitation vision that I had, and that that vision is here on this website. Okay, and um, that that uh, hold on, give me wait a second here. Okay. That was in 2016, okay, that I saw what's happening today. While prophets all throughout the United States of America were talking about just times of prosperity and wealth and all of this other stuff, 
I began to prophesy, okay, I began to prophesy that there was a, a difficult time coming to the United States of America, okay? Hold on one second. Okay. October the 29th, 2016, the prophecy is, it says, uh, prophecy alert, then it says, semicolon, vision of economic collapse and the shaking of the dollar and a Russian ruble. Okay, actually, that's a different one, actually. Okay. Oh, maybe it's this one. Okay, here it is. I think here it is. Oh, well, anyways, here's one of them. I've got a bunch of them, but back then I was sharing that as well. Oh, here it is. I think here it is. Ah, no, that's not it. Anyways, I got so many videos, it's hard for me to find it. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways. Okay, well, here's one from here's one from June uh, 13, 2017. But the Lord showed this to me in 2016. And, and this video here is a prophetic word, shaking of America, okay? And in that vision, okay, which I've received in 2016, and I've got it somewhere, but I share on that one. You can go look at it yourself. I share that I saw Daniel, the prophet. He was in Babylon, and the sky was dark. Then it shifted, and he was in a posture of prayer. This is important. Listen to it. Follow it. No, people were prophesying peace and prosperity to America and all this other stuff. But as, as a, a voice in the wilderness, I was telling people the vision I saw of Daniel was of Daniel uh, standing in a position of prayer, and the sky was dark. Then it shifted, and it became very ominous. And they began to have storm clouds and lightning, and, and it was dark. It was dark, but I'm just saying you know, you could see uh, the lightning, the thunder, just a radical storm was going to happen. Then it shifted again, and I saw like a city. It looked like L- uh, like New York, and it looked like the city was burnt down. We're not talking rural areas, but we're talking the city. Then it shifted again, and I was shown like a, a vanilla envelope, the type that you used to put your your homework in at school they used to give to us. And the Lord told me to study and search these things out. That was in 2016, while the majority of well-known prophets were prophesying I would say almost all of them were prophesying nothing but good things coming to America. But I began to prophesy that then, okay? And I'm saying this. Listen, people. Things are going to get difficulty. There's going to be difficulty in the, the economy. There is going to be a, um, a food shortage. In fact, the food shortage vision I originally had, let me go there also, Okay. Try to find it, though. The food shortage vision I originally had was 10 months ago. I said I thought it wasn't I wasn't right when I said that. I thought I think that was longer than that. The original vision was 10 months ago. And then I reshared it and revisited it here recently. Okay, so the original vision was 10 months ago. Okay, and when I saw an angel from the Lord 10 months ago, uh, eight foot tall, standing on my right side. And so. And in the vision, uh, I saw that the earth, all the grass was dead. I didn't fully understand the, the, the vision. That's the first time I shared it. Go check it out yourself. Uh, prophetic podcast, uh, number 350, warning to all nations from the angel of the Lord. That was 
uh, June 11, 2021. So the food crisis, the shortage that we're having now, I prophesied it back then. Okay, I did a, another video of it five months ago, so I'm correcting that, where I said, look at that, what I am getting more understanding, because I've explained that visions are like scrolls. They come sealed up, and then the Holy Spirit helps us to unravel them, and it's, it some, takes some time to unload that. And so I came back here just five months ago and shared again and said, listen, the, may, the Lord made this clear to me. The earth that I saw that was all the grass was dead, that speaks of a food shortage. Go look at that video, okay, which we are, now they're talking about it all over the world, but I, I began to share this uh, vision back uh, 10 months ago, okay, all right, and um, <clears throat> so the Lord showed it to me. He actually originally showed that vision to me 10 months ago, okay, 10 months ago, and and then I've, I've come back here recently and sh uh, shared it again on my website. Okay, so, and what I shared was that the grass, because if you look at what Jesus said, Jesus said in one of his parables, he said, the field represents the earth. That's what Jesus said, the field represents the earth. And if you remember what I saw when the angel of the Lord, I, he stood next to me, he was eight foot tall and I stood next to him. He was on my right hand and he was, he was in, in silver, uh, uh, well, gold. He was in gold armor. He stood eight foot tall, the angel of the Lord. And I stood next to him and, and he was on my right hand side. Okay. And some of the things I looked at an old vision, I didn't even, I forgot, I haven't been sharing recently. What he said was many in, in this hour are going to lose all that they have and others are going to become very, very wealthy. This is what the Lord, that was one of the things the Lord told me originally that vision. I forgot about that. And so when I revisited it, I didn't even bring that up. The other thing is I, I sought the Lord to understand some of the other things that I couldn't remember from the vision. And, and he said, calamity is coming. Calamity is coming. I, I and him stood on what is called the earth in the scriptures because we stood in a field and all the grass was dead. That's food shortage. Okay. Food shortage. I received that 10 months ago. Then I shared it here just a few months ago, okay? And now we've got the president of the United States of America saying there's a food shortage. You all know that's happening, but this new to you. God, God began to unfold that to me a long time ago, and I began to prophesy that before you saw this. Now, and Putin's talking about it. Other countries are talking about this food shortage, okay? Okay. So it's happening now, Okay. So my point is, I'm going to just, just understand something. This is the word of the Lord. As the prophets of old brought the word of God like this. The Bible says, God said this to Jerusalem. He said, look, and I've sent my prophets to you from the morning to evening to prophesy, to tell you to turn from your sins, to put away your idols, and to return to the Lord. But you would not. You hardened your heart against me. It stiffened your neck against me. And then he said, therefore, he says, guess what? I'm going to lead you into captivity. I'm going to allow your, the, the nations around you to, 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 to win and war against you. I'm going to send pestilence to you. He says, he says I'm not going to bless you in, in, in what you do. Okay, and, and he begins to prophesy over him. He says, look, if you do not turn away from your iniquities and your sins, this will happen. Okay, and the Lord showed me the prophets today, all they prophesy is God is going to do this. But you better get your scripture right. 
because this came to me. It was a word of the Lord on this time of seeking the Lord. It says, listen, I will not do anything unless the people in, in these countries repent. I will not do anything that it's contingent upon their repenting, that they're not understanding the word and they're prophesying based upon what their understanding is. And, and this was a powerful uh, uh, visitation time from the Lord to me as he began to remove layers and layers of things off of my eyes and began to see more clearly. And I said, Lord, you know, I understood that I thought at one time, no matter what, Donald Trump would return. But after I've sought the Lord and, 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 and seen what scripture says, but more than that, this was the fear of the Lord came on me. The fear of the Lord. I was seeking the Lord and the fear of the Lord. That's why I started off with my experience about being taken out of my body and going to hell. I was seeking the Lord on a deeper revelation of this fear of the Lord. And as I did, if God began to break things off of me. So how I'm sharing things is very difficult to communicate with you because unless you have had uh, layers and layers of, of um, scales taken off your eyes and layers and layers of things taken out of your ears, then you're not going to fully understand what I'm saying. But it's crucial for you to understand that the Bible says that if I prophesy over a nation that I'm going to destroy it, and that nation repents, I will not destroy it. And that's what it says in, in, in Jeremiah 18, 7 and 8. And then in verse 10 and at verse 9 and 10, he says, and if I prophesy by a prophet over a nation that I'm going to bless it and prosper, and it, and, it, and it turns away from me and will not listen to me, I will not bless it wherewith I said I was. He says, I'm not going to do it. And the Lord showed me, he said, listen, these people are prophesying that everything's going to be good no matter what. Listen, this is, listen, this, and I believe that God will take care of your, 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 uh, your needs and heal your body, but I don't believe you'll never get sick or you'll never run into a financial problem. That's what I would call, um, uh, like hyper prosperity. This is hyper prosperity prophecy that people keep on prophesying over and over again that no matter what, they're going to be blessed. They're like the false prophets that prophesied to Ahab, you go out and you're going to win. And there was 400, 400 prophets that told, um, um, okay, the wicked king Ahab told him that he would go out and win. 400 of the prophets, 400, the majority of all the prophets prophesied he would go out and he would win the battle and he'd come back in victory. But one prophet named Micaiah, he said, he first asked him, what do you got to say, Micaiah? And he said, well, you're going to go out and you're going to win. He said, stop lying to me. Tell me the truth. And then Micaiah said, no, you're going to go out in the battle and an arrow is going to find you and it's going to hit you and you're going to die. And they said, man, I told you that Micaiah would have nothing nice to say to me. Throw him into the dungeon. Okay. And I want to tell you something right now. Many of you have only believed the 400 prophets. But it's a lying spirit that's been sent in the mouth of the prophets throughout the earth. That they keep on telling you everything's going to be all right. Everything's just going to be fine. Everything's going to return just like it was before. No, nothing will ever be the same after this before. Not that God isn't going to do some transitions and changes in, in this, this country. Not that the wicked won't be arrested. Not God is not going to expose some wickedness. I think that some of that still has a possibility of happening. But it, it's, it's, it's contingent on repentance. And so in the spirit of the prophets of the Old Testament, which is the New Testament prophet too, and you say, yeah, you don't know your Bible if you, you, you say that's not true. Because in the book of Revelations, 
John is a New Testament prophet. The book of Revelations is revelatory, it's prophetic, and he's talking about the 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 vials of the judgment of God upon the earth. Oh, prophets don't prophesy judgment. Well, then you're going to have to take the book of Revelations out of the Bible. I didn't. I guess you didn't get to John the Revelator in time, and he put that false doctrine together. No, the book of Revelations is inspired word of God, and he's talking and prophesying judgment. Peter says that that judgment must start, but it must first start in the house of God, then in the world. So. Judgment is something that the prophet prophesies, but some prophets, they are, they, because of the almighty dollar and because of the cabal of prophets, where they're only, only able to prophesy good to a nation, all they ever do is go on programs and talk about everything's going to turn out all right. Well, in 2016, I shared that this great storm was coming. And back then, many people didn't want to hear what I wanted to, what I was saying. Because people were like, hey, listen, this well-known prophet saying this, this well-known prophet saying this. How are you saying a great storm's coming to the United States of America and that God is, is, is going to bring judgment upon America? And now you're living what the, what I prophesied. Okay. You're there now. You're living right now in the present what I prophesied in 2016. Now, what the Lord showed me 10 months ago, you now hear on the television that there will be food shortages that are coming. You're, you're now, now you're experiencing that. What I saw, um, I think it was three, three, what was last year, actually. What I saw last year, okay, last year, what I saw uh, in the vision that I had about a gas shortage, well, the price of gas was $3.39, okay, okay. The gas short, the gas prices. When I had the vision here, okay, five months ago, five months ago, okay, I had a vision. Well, the gas prices were three dollars and thirty nine cents. I had a vision that gas prices were going to go get r- radical. Go look it up. Prophetic podcast number three hundred and eighty two. Dream of of coming gas shortage. Okay, so this is already happening. So I'm going to tell you something right now. You do need to prepare for a food shortage. How bad it is, I haven't been told, but it's here. So you don't need to, you know, you, you already know that what that, that God said that through me, right? Because you're, the gas shortage is here. The, the gas price hikes are up here. You're, you're paying it. So you, every time you put gas in your pump, you're like, yeah, that's true. Okay, so it's true. You hear the food shortages are here now. You hear that. You hear the gas prices are, are, you see the gas prices are hiked up. You're experiencing that. So this is already here, people. Okay. But hear what the word of the Lord is to the nations of the earth. That I will give you according to the works of your hands. If they are wicked, then I will judge you and recompense you to the, according to your own deeds. If you have cast off restraint and forsaken me as your God, I will not bless you and I will not increase you. My hand will not be upon you, but I will be against you. And I will utterly destroy the nations that forsake God and blaspheme my name. Listen, he he is not going to bless them. Listen to what the Lord is saying. He says, if the nation that I send my prophet to hears my word, and as the people of Nineveh begins to repent and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. And I will remove my hand of judgment off of that nation that humbles itself. I will remove off of that nation that repents. I will, I will remove off of that nation judgment against the nation that will fear me and, 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 and change its doings and return to me. 
But God says to the nations, if you will continue in iniquity, if you will continue in rebellion, if you will harden your heart against the Lord and stiffen your neck and say, the Lord will bless me because this prophet has said it and the Lord will bless me because this prophet has said it. The Lord says that a lying spirit has been put in their mouth and I will not bless the nations that turn against me. I will not hearken to their prayers. I will not pour out rain upon them. I will send drought and I will send pestilence and I will bring judgment upon the nations that do not fear me. This is the word of the Lord from the throne of God. I'm telling you people, that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. As I went on, like I said, that's why I had to talk about the fear of the Lord, how I was taken out of my body and shown hell because that was years ago, many, many years ago. But I was seeking the Lord and, and desiring for his fear to penetrate my heart here just recently for like three days. And as I was seeking the Lord, the Lord began to rip off scales off of my eyes, open my ears up. And I began to see clearly in the Lord. I said, Lord, all the many prophets are saying that every all 50 states and then there's uh, five, whatever else they call them, but whatever, all 50 states are going to just have this massive revival and, and, and the economy is going to become really great and, 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 and just this glory is going to be poured out through the whole earth. And the Lord said, no, they're, they're, they're interpreting that through their own grid. They're interpreting that through their hyper-prosperity thinking. What I showed them is that revival was going to come to certain areas of the United States of America. I never said revival was going to hit every square inch of America. I never said that that, that we would uh, be you'd be returned uh, to uh, to a, a better constitution. I never said that America would be more blessed than it, it was, you know, back in in 1870. I don't believe the Lord ever said that. What, what you got to understand, when he shows you something like that can happen, he's showing you his desires for a nation. And the prophet does prophesy the, what is the desires in the mind of Christ so that the nation can, can, can uh, make itself right with God, so it can synchronize itself with God. So God says, look, at, this is what I'd like to do with you. I'd like to plant you. I'd like to bless you. I'd like to cause you to be blessed in, in the field and in the lands and your families. I'd like you to win when you go to war, okay? I'd like to give you a promotion in your business. I'd like to secure uh, different good things for you. If you listen to me I, and, and totally hearken to me, I, I'm willing to do that. But the reality is that's not going to happen in every 50 states of America. That's not going to happen in every square inch of America. That's not going to happen. So that's an inaccurate and false word, therefore. Have discernment about what you're prophesying. You're prophesying falsely. There will be revival, but it's not going to hit everywhere. And there will be some people that will be blessed, a Goshen. But I'm telling you, there's going to be some difficulties, too. I quit sharing about a lot of stuff I saw. I've, I've seen, and I've, I've got tired of because I did a bunch of other visions and shared visions before prophetic words that I believe terrorism was going to come, right, and and things like that. Well, it's already come, right? Okay, it's done that, and 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 it'll continue to do that. But you got to wake up, people. God is telling His people they need to arise. They need to they need to fear the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you something. If if the Lord gives me the vision, the vision that I've received, where I saw America being judged, chastised by God, if I prophesy and say God is going to destroy America, that's not through the grid of God. Even if the vision shows judgment of America, that's not through the grid of God. That's understanding a third heaven vision on a second heaven of revelation, and it's not it's not it's not accurate. 
It's 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 not hearing the heart of God because the, what is the heart of God in showing that that uh, that a great storm was coming? God's purpose and desire for that is so that America would repent. You're making prophecy happen by what you do. And I'm telling you, that's that's what the word of the Lord is. You're making prophecy happen by what you do. Listen, did you know when God gave Israel Saul that the Bible said that he basically gave, that he gives kings according to the nature and the desires of the people in the country. So those who are in authority reflect those who they are ruling over. Do you understand why we have Joe Biden as president right now? Because he reflects the heart and the attitude of people that are in America. So Saul was given as a king over over Israel because he reflected the people of Israel that would hear the word but would not obey, that had an outward conformity but didn't, didn't have the inward fear of God. And so he oppressed the people of Israel, and he was a terrible king, Saul. The Spirit of God departed from him, and the people received a king after their own heart. And so today, America has received a, a king or a president after their own heart. This is, this, listen, this is just a reflection of what's in America, the evil that's in America. According to the Word of God in Deuteronomy 28, God says that the nation that forsakes him, he's going to curse it. He, he says it. He, he says that. He'll curse that nation. Do you understand what we're going through right now? I'm telling you. And I know that a lot of you would like to have your ears tickled and everything else, but I'm telling you, you need to get yourself, and, and this is how you're going to know. So what I'm going to say, too, is that wisdom gives you balance. And the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and, and, the, and wisdom is balanced. And so I want to tell you something. There's going to be revival, but it isn't going to be like a lot of people think. It's going to be just so radical, 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 radical. No, it's not. It's not going to happen like that. There's going to be areas where God is going to touch those areas. Why? Because those areas repent. See, this is an important message. So, yeah, well, okay, listen, you're the change agent in the world. If you're waiting for a prophet to come and do a mighty work in the earth, you're that prophet. If you're, you're, if you're waiting for a teacher to come and change the earth, you're that teacher. If you're looking for an apostle to come and to do mighty works, you're that one. Okay? Stop looking somewhere else. If you want revival in the earth, then you've got to be, you've got to be a catalyst for it. So revival will come, but revival, listen, revival is not accidental or incidental. It's not random. This is a false doctrine. People say they, they call them sovereign moves of God. Baloney. Baloney. I've been in the moves of God. I, I saw Catherine Coleman as a young man. Okay? I was involved in the, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit through John Wimbers. Baloney. That didn't happen accidentally or incidentally. The man was preaching holiness and repentance. Okay? People were hungry for God, and they were crying out for him and seeking him. I was there when the glory of God came down in Catherine Coleman movies, uh, um, uh, meetings. Pardon me. I saw her at the convention center when I was a young guy. So I, I, I was there, okay, 
but where the, where the glory of God came down in the Catherine Coleman meetings. I was there at, at Ralph Wilkerson's church in the Melody Land Christian Center where people were miraculously healed. I was there in John Wimber's meetings. Uh, Gary Johnson, that uh, lives on the property here, both of us went to the vineyard. Both of us went to the, the vineyard like 35 years ago where the glory of God was being poured out. It wasn't accidental or incidental. But r- revival is not random. If you're waiting for a healing, your healing is not random. Listen, if you're not willing to stand up and speak in tongues four or five hours a day to quote scriptures of healing for three or four hours a day, then don't expect to be healed. Healing is not random. Understand something about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is aggressive. Listen, did you know that the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil? But some people are very passive towards sin. And so they don't understand why they don't get victory over sin. It's not because you have a devil. Because the Bible says in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are these fornications. It's not that you've got a devil. It's a work of the flesh. Okay? But uh, there's a spirit of passiveness throughout the church. They don't understand, understand how aggressive the kingdom of God is and those who, who cause exploits in the kingdom. Okay? I, you know, just an example. You know, my pastor had been on many 40-day fasts in his life, many of them, not just a few, many of them, okay? Are you that aggressive? Well, then don't expect that kind of anointing my pastor had. My, my, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. My pastor had the most incredible anointing of any prophet I've ever met in my life to this very day. I've never met anyone personally that had as powerful anointing as my, uh, my pastor, most prophetic man I've ever met in my life. He's passed away now. Okay, but he used to go on 40 day fast regularly. See, there's a passiveness in the body of Christ, thinking that things randomly happen by the sovereignty of God. No, that's not biblical. I'm sorry, you're wrong. See, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. But people expect the devil to flee, but they're not resisting him. See, God will not do for you what you can do for yourself, what he told you to do. He told you to do something. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. See, the reason you're having problems with the devil, you're not violent enough. You're not, you're not, you're not violent enough with the devil. See, the, the devil doesn't pay attention to, 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 uh, to cream puff Christians. You gotta be violent. You gotta sit there and, and secure your mind. Every thought that comes in, you gotta put it down that it's against God. You, 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 you have to take your will and cast it down. And if at the end of the day you feel torn up from the floor up because you've been in the battle, but you never ever see it's, it, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're in the battles, what side of the battle you are on. You, it, you understand this? Are you on the side of the battle that you're pushing forward and you're attacking? Or are you on the, on the side of the battle where the devil's pushing forward and attacking and you're just doing nothing at all? Listen, the kingdom of God is very aggressive. The Bible says that John, that the Bible says it says that the kingdom of God suffers violence. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and and the violent take it by force. So people are very passive with sin. But the Book of Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and people are passive with sin. Look at you'll never get victory over sin with that attitude. That's a fact. And so, listen, revival will come. To the, to the states, the counties, the cities where there is repentance. So as a prophet, my, my, my job is not to just tell you revival's coming. That's, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm failing in the, the prophetic if I just tell you revival's coming. And I fail to tell you that the, unless you synchronize yourself with heaven, it's not coming. 
then what I'm doing is wrong and I'm misleading you. And these prophetic ministries that are not saying that, they're simply unbiblical. They're simply mis- they're unbiblical. So what I'm saying, yes, revival's coming. Guy, why? Because some people will synchronize themselves with heaven. Some cities, some states, some pastors, some counties, they will, they will synchronize themselves more with heaven and they will experience that. But to think there's just going to be a move of God upon the nations of the earth and that it's going to have to happen randomly. No, nothing ever happens randomly, people. The truth of the matter is you make your choices, then your choices make you. That's the reality. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 28, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection, lest that after I preach to others, I myself am a castaway. He said he had to bring his body under subjection as an apostle or he could be disqualified. That's the reality, people. If you don't take care of your flesh, your flesh is going to take care of you. You got to be aggressive with the flesh. You got to kill the flesh. You got to put it down. Paul says, I die daily. What do you think he's talking about? Remember what Jesus said in, in, in the Gospels? He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself that your suitcase, mind, will, and emotions, take up his cross, putting to death the deeds of flesh, and follow me. Okay? Even though Jesus had never sinned, he had to put to death his flesh. Is that biblical? Yes, it is. The book of Hebrews says Jesus was tempted in all points as we are. Jesus had to put to death the flesh. He couldn't yield to it. He never violated his, his, his conscience and yielded to the flesh. But he was tempted in all points as we are. Okay, We've got to learn how to be more aggressive in the kingdom of God. God, is, God wants to bring the people up where that the people learn how to get victory by being aggressive. I'm, I'm sorry, I've been a milk toast Christian in the past. I've been a cream puff Christian in the past. I, I've been like a like a like you know a snowflake Christian. When the sun comes out, you melt. Or like a marshmallow Christian, you take the marshmallow, you put it in the fire, and it melts. I've been like that in the past. But the Lord has showed me that the kingdom of God is a violent one, and the aggressive are the one who do exploits. Those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So, so listen, having sin in your life can't even be an option. Your attitude towards sin is, is lukewarm if, you're, if sin is okay in your life. You've got to be violent about the kingdom of God. You've got to be aggressive. You cannot be passive. People that are passive, they die of diseases that God never intended them to. People that are passive never receive the, the blessings of finances and breakthrough that God intends them for them to. Because they're not violent enough. They're not committed enough. They're, they're, they're not angry enough at the devil. Okay? Listen, if you'll stand and let the devil uh, uh, attack you, he'll do it. Because like this old, there's old uh, story, it's true about the devil. It's, a, it's an old story, but it's true. And, and it's a good thing to remember. That's why I like this story. Even though it's funny, it's true that what's, what's taught in this. And there's this, oh, this old Welsh, Welsh pastor goes to this old Welsh village where there's this old Welsh woman there. And, and, and he says to this old woman who, who never has a disparaging or discouraging word about anyone, he says, you never have a discouraging or disparaging word about anyone. I bet you even got a good word about the devil. And she says, he's diligent. See, now that's true. You understand something? The devil is diligent. Listen, he doesn't sleep. 
There's three things that are happening. The devil's got three tactics against you and three only. Okay. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says that Satan goes to and fro through the earth seeking whom he may devour. That's planning. Seeking whom he may devour. Doesn't say the devil takes a break. Doesn't say he's taking a nap. So you might be lazy as a Christian, and that's why the devil's going to win against you because you're lazy as a Christian, and the devil's not lazy. Because it says, we know what the devil's doing. We see what he's doing. The Bible says the devil goes to and fro, which means here and there, okay, that he goes to and fro, here and there, up and down, back and forth. And that's what it means. Seeking, looking for somebody he can exploit, somebody he can attack. That's what he's doing. So the devil's got three things he's doing. He's attacking, planning, or fleeing. But he's fleeing those people who say, hell no, Satan. And you and you got to get violent with the devil. Why do you let the devil get inside your mind? Listen, you can cast every thought down. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing every, it says against the knowledge of God, uh, knowledge of Christ, that's the word of God, and, and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's, you have to vanquish the devil. Don't let the devil run around in your head. Don't tell me, oh, but I got a demon. No, now the works of the flesh are fornication, drunkenness, and idolatry. Listen, you let your flesh go so long that your your flesh mind is in control. But the word of God says when you repent, you're forgiven, and therefore you're free. What you're dealing with is the after effects of, of, of sowing to the flesh. You got to get your mind back. Christian, you got to get your mind back. You got to not allow the devil to run inside your brain. You got to deal with it. You can't let the devil just hang out in your brain. Listen, you got to be aggressive. You got to take the fight to the devil. Listen, the Greek word for demon possessed is actually not the word possessed. It means demonized in the Greek. And what that means is not that the devil can can possess you. It's it's not the question is not it, it, the question is not am I demon possessed is the question is how much of the devil have I given to see it's a warrior term there see because we're talking a kingdom we're talking the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light Christians can't be demon possessed why because you're a spirit wrapped in a soul living in a body your your body is the outer court your soul is the inner court and the holy of holies is where the spirit of God is the devil can't get in there ever he cannot. What you're, what you're experiencing is either outer court, body, okay, or the middle court, your soul. You're, 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 you're experiencing warfare there. And that's a result of compromise and sin. But when you ask for forgiveness, you're completely forgiven. God doesn't remember it any longer. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to deal with the areas that have been unrenewed by you living after the flesh. No, you gotta start, you gotta start disciplining your flesh. You gotta start disciplining your mind. You got to start disciplining in your emotions and God is not going to do it for you. Paul told us that in, in, in getting the word of God involved, second Corinthians, no, it's first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 28. He said, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection. Are you doing that? Less after that, I preach to others. I myself am a castaway. So are you doing that? Jesus said, if any man or any woman wants to follow, come after me, let them deny their suitcase, their mind, 
their will and emotions. Are you are you denying your mind? Or are you just let anything float around up in there? Are you are you dealing with this? Are you casting down every thought and bringing it in subjection? Well, Pastor John, that'll be tiring. Well, guess what? You got to fight. This is not a one round fight. You just keep in that battle. You might feel tired sometimes, but you stay in there. No, you will get breakthrough. May not live in breakthrough all the time, but listen, you can be on, like I said, what side of the battle are you on? Are you on the side of giving it to the devil and be and, and committing yourself to God and resisting the devil? Or are you on the side of yielding to the devil and not and, and rebelling against side? What side are you on? Listen, if you're in a battle, that's okay. You're still winning. If, if you're in a battle and you're bringing it to the devil, okay, and you're committing yourself to God, that's aggressive. That's not passive. Okay, so you got to as Christians are, are, are in a passive thing. They they're like Jesus deal with the situation. And he says, submit yourself to God is what I said first. So and, and, and that's listen, you just simply submit yourself to God. You say, God, and, and you do it by faith. Lord, I give you my mind, my heart. Okay. My inner being, I give you my body. I give you 100 percent of myself. I renounce the world, the flesh, the devil. I'm completely yours. 100% resolute in serving you. Now, you, and you don't sit there and pray that again because it's double-minded. You've got to be resolute. You've got to settle that, okay? My mind is yours. My heart is yours. My inner being is yours. My body is yours. I'm yours. I totally renounce this world, the flesh, and the devil. I've got nothing to do with the devil. I just want to serve you. you got to do that, okay? you got to do that first. That's, that's, that is, if you wonder what that scripture says, commit yourself to God, submit yourself to God. That's submitting yourself to God. You're, you're turning yourself over to the leadership and your spirit to God. You say, Lord, I'm totally yours. That's what you could, that's what you do by faith. Then what do you do? Then you say, hell no, Satan. If the devil's saying something in your mind, you say, get out of my mind. And you take those thoughts and you deal with it. If the devil's working in your emotions, you say, no. The emotions are, are good for entertainment, but they're, they're, they are not a director or a GPS. Emotions, I'll put you under the voice of the flesh says, get angry, do this or do that. You say, no, flesh. I'm going to mortify the deeds of the flesh, the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 doesn't say the works of the demons. It says the works of the flesh. Okay. Colossians tells us what to do with the flesh. In Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, mortify, that means to put to death. What did Jesus say? Take up your cross. Everybody that had a cross was going to die. So Jesus said that if a man or a woman wants to follow him, they must deny their mind, their will, and their emotions and take up their cross. The cross has got to do with death. Every man in Rome that had a cross was going to his own death. So the word mortify it's talking about taking up your cross. You could easily put this word here. Take up your cross, therefore, okay, and mortify your members which are upon the earth. That's what you can easily put in the scripture here, uh, Colossians 3, 5. Take up your cross, therefore, and mortify your members. Put to death your members which are upon the earth. But it says in the here, it says, mortify Therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, so take up your cross and kill the flesh. Fornication. It's a work of the flesh. That's what it says in Galatians 5, 19. Fornication. Take up your cross. Kill it. Put it down. Uncleanness. 
Take up your cross, put it down. Inordinate affections. Take up your cross, put it down. Evil concupiscence. Take up your cross, put it down. Covetousness. Take up your cross, put it down. Which is idolatry. For which sake the wrath of God comes upon the children of the disobedience. And that word disobedience, children of disobedience, literally means, you know, that you can't rebel against something you don't know. So the word there is saying that these people are saved because, and you don't know that theology, you're, you're not very smart, okay? Because the word iniquity is talking about somebody who knows the truth but doesn't live it, okay? Sin is just falling short of the, 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 the mark or, the, or the, uh, the line that God has for people. There's, there's a mark. It's falling short of the mark. It's falling short. But iniquity has to do with willful rebellion. And you can't re- willfully rebel if you're ignorant of God's word. So the wicked are people that have had revelation, but don't live after it. That's by the way, that's the truth. So I'm telling you right now, you have to make a decision. Okay. To get violent with sin. You have to make a decision to be violent with sin. Don't allow, don't allow sin to be happening in your life or in your body. You got to deal with that. Now, you don't want to hear that, some of you, because you don't want to grow up. And you want to say, you've got a devil. No, no. He said, mortify therefore your members or which are upon the earth. Fornication, drunkenness, idolatry. See, the children of disobedience are those who know truth, been born again, have received revelation. See, a person cannot rebel, okay? People that are rebelling are rebelling against what they know. These children of disobedience are those who've received truth, but they're living in rebellion to God. That's what he's talking about. So you got to mortify your flesh. You've got to crucify your flesh every day. Listen, that's why I say it over and over again. Listen, that's why I say you are a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body. Why? Because you got to get this revelation. Your flesh is not who you are. The flesh has a voice. You got to put it down. Okay. That you are a new creation, created in the image of God. You you are uh, beloved of God and approved of God. Okay, and you must walk after righteousness. If you do not walk after righteousness, then you will die spiritually and be separated from God. Let me tell you something. You know where the Bible says that the gifts and the callings are irrevocable. You know what he's talking about there is whatever anointing. Okay, that's the gifts. Whatever anointing you've been called to have. In this life, he's not saying in in hell, but he says in this life, whatever anointing you have, you're going to be held accountable for that anointing. That anointing that you've been called for, you're going to have it no matter what. The the, the gifts, they're irrevocable. So, So here I'm preaching, okay, the word of God, because I know that the gifts, they're irrevocable. You just tell the Lord, I don't want to be a pastor anymore. I don't want to prophesy anymore. You can't do that. Then he says the gifts and the callings. The calling is that you've been called to be born again. And as long as you're on this earth, that's the way that is. But if you you die in your sin, let me tell you something. God is going to take back that gift of salvation. He will do it. You can repent as long as you're on this earth. Unless you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Most people don't do that. People think they have, but they haven't. But the reality is, 
the, the callings, God, God is going to continue to call you till the very day you die. And you are a son of God, even if you're in rebellion, but you're, but you're going to go to hell if you don't stop it. In other words, you've been born again, but you're still going to go to hell if you don't stop it. Because the calling, God doesn't, God, listen, that's why there's hope for you as long as you're alive. Because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable in this life. But the minute you die, or the minute the Lord comes back, because if, if you're not right with the Lord, then when the Lord comes back, well, you can't repent after that. So either you die in your sin or the Lord comes back and you're not right with God, you are not going to make the kingdom of God your home. Okay, but understand this, it comes with great responsibility too. So don't, do not neglect such a great salvation. Do not neglect such a great salvation, but work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling. First, a fearful things to fall into the hands of a living God. Okay, I'm telling you guys, our God is a consuming fire. Okay, so we got to be more aggressive. This theology of passiveness, that God is going to do things throughout the whole earth. And it's going to be this sovereign thing. No, moves of God aren't, aren't sovereign. That's that's not that's not a correct thing. God deals with people. And then people get in connection to God. And I'm using the word sovereign in the, in the way that people use it, in the word passive. And it's an incorrect interpretation of the word sovereign, where God's doing it all. That's not biblical. See, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit's come to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Listen, you don't have to receive, uh, you can rebel against that conviction. A lot of people don't get born again. The Holy Spirit has called them, but they refuse to receive the call. See, you've got to you got to do your part. Okay, you got to take up your cross. You got to deny yourself. You got to read the Word of God. You got to pray. So America needs to do its part. We've got to repent. That's what prophet needs to be telling people. The prophets need to be prophesying like they did in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. True prophets prophesy the same way. They look at you got to get your life straight. This nation, you need to pray for revival. Let me read this from Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Ezekiel chapter um, 22. Now you understand that that Israel could be could you could take the country of Israel and it would fit into or, around Orange County. It's not very big, okay. So we're talking about a man standing in the gap. That's not going to be enough, okay. But uh, Ezekiel twenty two verse thirty, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap for me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. So what does God do? When, when people don't stand in the gap for a country, well, you can read what, what happens here. He's teaching us. Remember, the word of God is for teaching of doctrine. And so he teaches us something here. He said, I sought for a man or a woman among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them, and I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own ways have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. So God is saying, I wanted to show mercy, but there wasn't any intercession going on. You understand that's in the word of God? So really, what is your mission today? Your commission. Every Christian's to be a prayer warrior. You know that you're to be a prayer warrior. If you're born again, you're called to be a prayer warrior. 
I'm telling you, you're called to be a prayer. Listen, if you don't pray for, pray for others, you're just a narcissist. Paul says, every time I think of you, I pray for you. I felt sometimes where all of a sudden I just I begin to feel the presence of God just outside walking around doing business, whatever. Just feel the presence of God for no, no certain reason. And I knew that some saint was interceding for me. I just knew it. I've interceded for many of you. Do you know that 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 you're you're a narcissist if you don't pray for others? Listen, this is what a, a Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, said. He, this is what Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, said. He said, "I have not sinned in ceasing to pray for Israel." He said, "I have not sinned in ceasing to pray for Israel." Listen. That's that the Bible says we it says bear one another's burdens, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Is your does your sister need prayer for 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 uh emotional prayer? Does your your brother need prayer for his finances? Does your does your pastor need prayer for, for breakthrough? Are you lifting up your brothers and sisters or are you just praying for your forward no more? That's narcissism. That's that's wrong. We're to be intercessors. We're to be praying for this country and the revival in this country. We're, you're to be praying for your country. If there's not a prayer meeting, then you cannot expect a breakthrough and revival. And if repentance is not the foundation of that prayer meeting, people that are right with God, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord, but he that has uh, clean hands and a pure heart, that has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Hold on one, one second here. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, but he that has clean hands and a pure heart? So that's Psalms 24, Psalms 24. Psalms 24. Psalms 24. Starting in verse 3. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor swore deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of our salvation. So we got to preach repentance and holiness, okay? Because here it is. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands. Are your hands clean? You got to purposely make sure that your hands are clean. You, that's your job. Your mind is your, you're the custodian of your mind. You're the custodian of your emotions. You're a custodian of that body. And what is done on your earth time, in your mind, in your emotions, where you let your, uh, if you let your mind serve God, then you will receive rewards. But if you let your mind be dominated by the devil, that's your choice. You're the custodian of your mind. It's yours. Did you recognize that? I hope you knew that was your mind. That's not my mind, and it's not God's mind. It's your mind. You're responsible for that mind that you got right here that separates your shoulders, okay? You 
are to, are to bring your mind under subjection, your emotions under subjection, your body under subjection, by your will to the Holy Spirit. That's your job. Okay? So who is going to, who's, listen, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands. Are your hands clean? Are, listen, beloved, I know you may have made a mistake. But for me to pamper you and coddle you and tell you it's okay, you've been taught a false gospel by false prophets. John 1 says, I've written this unto you that you sin not. Uh, Romans 6, he says this, he says, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. These people that tell you that you just can't help sin, and they're deceived, and they have warped consciences. Listen, beloved, you need to, you need, you need to subjugate your mind. You need to to subdue your mind. You need to subdue your emotions. You need to subdue the container that you're living in. You need to. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor swore deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of our salvation. See, that's, so we've got to seek the Lord. We have to seek the Lord. <laughs> Let me give you some other scriptures on answered prayer. Because we fulfill the law when we're intercessors. Amen. We fulfill the law of God when we're intercessors. Okay. We, let me tell you that. We fulfill the law when we're intercessors. You gotta, you gotta, you you have to pray for other people. Okay. Hold on one second. We fulfill the law when we're intercessors. You gotta understand that. Okay. Look at a couple of scriptures up here real quickly. Give me a second, y'all. I know you're going to endure with me here. Amen. Okay. I might go in a different direction on these, but I'm going to stay on the prayer ones. Okay, that's not uploading, actually. Give me a second. Here's one. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. It'll be done for you. Did you know you can have a, a powerful prayer life? I have seen many miracles in my life. I've got the goods. I've prayed for people. They get healed. Okay. that's This happened so many times in my life. And not, it happened years ago, just recently. I'm still praying for people and they're being touched by God. Okay. That, 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 that will never change. As long as I abide in the word, it'll never change. See, did you know you can have your mind renewed and then it can become unrenewed? That's why sometimes you're like, well, I had victory at one time in my life. Yeah, you did because your mind was renewed and you can go back there, but you got to get violent to get there. And the devil just wants you to be passive and just expect some type of miracle to happen when things aren't random in the kingdom of God. The principles of the kingdom of God are aggressive and you got to take it. Let me, let me, what it, what it says right here, John 15, seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done. I know that the reason I've received so many answers to prayers in my life 
as I'm, I, I believed in practical wisdom. Wisdom is actually doing what the Bible says. Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus said, the man that hears my word and does them, I liken him unto a wise man. And he said he built his house upon a rock, and when the storms came, and the wind came, and the rain came, that house stood because it was built upon a rock. And he says, but, but, I, but, he says, but the man that hears my word and doesn't do it, I liken him to a fool who built his, hand up, his, 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 his house upon a sand. And when the wind came and the storms blew and the rain fell, his house fell because it was built on sand. See, James chapter 1, verse 22 says, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. So you've got to abide in the word of God. The kingdom of God is aggressive. You need to do that. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done unto you. If the only scripture you ever learned in your life was commit yourself to God, resist the devil, you got enough to get to heaven. Just abide in that scripture. You don't need, listen, that's the truth. It's the truth. What's more important than, you know, 50 million scriptures that you can quote or one that you'll do? What's more important, 50 million scriptures that you can quote or one that you do? How about just do the one that says in James, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How about just be, just do that? That's right. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatsoever you wish and it'll be done for you. Amen. Do the word. Do the word. John 15, 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have. Okay, this is John, 1 John, 1 John, the epistle of John, chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. Why? Because the Bible saying, if we do what he says... If we are subduing our mind, subduing our conscience, uh, that is not our conscience, but if we're subduing our mind and subduing our emotions, if we're subduing our body, if we're doing that, if we're subduing our mind, subduing our emotions, subduing our body, if we're submitting ourselves to God, resisting the devil, he's going to flee. He will. Don't call God a liar. He will flee. You say, I resisted him and he didn't leave. No, you resisted him for a little bit of time. And if, and if you don't will deal with issues in your heart of repentance, then, then how can the devil leave if your heart's not right with God? So you got to resist. You got to get your heart right with God too. Okay. That's not a feeling, but you got to get your heart right with God. It's not like an emotional thing, but this is, that's another thing in prayer. He says, <clears throat> Amen. Let me get some other scriptures here. Scriptures that say prayer will not be answered because of sin. Did you know that? Did you know that? You got to understand this because what my message is, is about the prophecy, right? And God has called me to raise up a generation of prophetic people because according to Revelations, Chapter six, well, that is chapter one, 
chapter one, verse six, it says, God has made us kings and priests. Priests wore an ephod. On the ephod was the Urim and the Thummim. This was a way that the priest could hear God. And so if God didn't speak by the prophet, the, the Navi, which is, which is the seer, okay, we get the word to bubble up, okay? The prophetic, it bubbles up in you. You get a word, then you get a sentence, then you get a paragraph. You've got to speak the word before you get the sentence or the paragraph, okay? That's a reality, okay? So the prophet, the, naive, the, the, the Navi, the Navi, the prophet, the seer, the oracle of God, the mouthpiece of the Lord, right? Okay? Okay, that's the prophet. And so the Bible says that God would either speak by a prophet or by the priest would have a prophetic anointing. They wore the ephod upon them. They had the urine and the thumb. It was an ability to hear God. So God's people are all prophetic. Do you understand that? You're prophetic, whether you knew it or not. You're in a prophetic church. Okay. I told my brothers and sisters here on Sunday that, that the Lord would speak to many of them through the week. They come here. Uh, this, the, I believe the sister said she had a vision from the Lord. Uh, uh, she did. She absolutely did say that. I remember that. Um, she shared a vision that she had from the Lord. And then uh, Alessandro had two visions from the Lord. And I said, if you seek the Lord, he's going to give you visions this week. The people who are here, if you're, if you're going to accept it, he will. Okay. Both of those, those, both of those people, uh, Vivian, Viviana and Alessandro both had prophetic experiences why because god always wants to talk and that's why i said i know it because i felt the lord come into the into the service and i said the lord's going to speak if you're ready he's going to talk to you and that's what i had actually said on that sunday and i totally forgot about it when it sunday came and then they began to share their different supernatural experiences uh um uh, what is it um alessandro shared in the in the prayer meeting in the morning that he had two supernatural experiences by dreams uh, Viviana shared uh, Sunday morning that she did because I felt the Holy Spirit come, the power and the glory of God coming, and that He was going to bring, uh, give impartations of dreams and visions, and that if people are ready for it, they're going to get some that week. Okay, that's what I shared. That should be happening all the time, but it happened. That prophetic word happened by Sunday. I got testimonies that it happened. Okay, so God is always speaking. God is always speaking, and I'll talk more on that here in a little bit too. Uh, if you want to learn how to hear from God, I'll tell you how to hear from God. Psalm 66, 18. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. See, if you're passive and you're okay with sin living in your life, then don't expect your prayers to be answered. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will. And I'll do it for you. Okay. Another place it says, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, you are my disciples indeed. So you got to, we got to abide. And that is, and the kingdom of God is, it's a kingdom. So kingdoms have to do with subduing. Okay. Kingdoms are very violent. In the, in the Old Testament, God said to go into the land and take the land from your enemies, spoil the land, run them out, burn up their cities. Kill, kill them, wipe them out. And that had to do because they had to do with the Nephilim fallen and, and the blood was, was tainted because Adam was, 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 had perfect DNA before the fall 
And, and, and Noah had perfect DNA after the fall that he had not been compromised in his bloodline. And Jesus came through perfect, pure bloodline of the, 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 the uh, root of uh, Jesse and the stem of David. He, that's, that, that's how he came, perfectly pure. So God says, listen, go in and, and burn up their cities. Kill, kill, kill them. Why? Because their blood had been tainted by the Nephilim. Okay, that's what happened. That's what it's talking about in Genesis 6. Their, their blood had been tainted. And so listen, this is what God said violently. Go kill them. Wipe them out. Burn their cities down. Tear down their walls. Cut off their heads. So the kingdom of God is, 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 is aggressive. The kingdom of God is aggressive. You cannot just sit around. you got to be all about burning your ship behind you. So you've got no, no, no place to go back to. you got to get your sword out. And you got to go to start tearing some walls down. You got to burn some cities up. You got to get your sword and start taking some devils out. Listen, you're totally you're you've been taught wrong about the kingdom of God. It is not random. You won't people will not listen. People don't accidentally go to heaven and people don't accidentally go to hell. Understand, nobody accidentally goes to heaven and nobody accidentally goes to hell. You got to be 100% in the doing. You got to be aggressive. The kingdom of God is aggressive. So look at here. We're getting a little aggressiveness about Psalms 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Deal with the sin issue. Deal with the sin issue. Repent. Get on your knees and seek the Lord until you find him. Because he's not far uh, far from you if you will seek after him. Get on your knees. And when you know in your spirit and in your heart that you've repented, it don't matter how you feel. Because the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, well, I don't feel cleansed. Well, so what? Get over it there, cream puff. The Bible says it's based on God's character. You calling him a liar? He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you deal with that sin as, as a person that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, you hate that sin. You're not okay with it. You're not okay with worldliness. You're not okay with the works of the flesh. You're not okay with the demons. You're violent. You're aggressive. You're opposed to them. You hate the works of the flesh and you deal with it. You uproot it. You kill it. You cut it off at the, you deal with it. Then when you pray, your prayers will be answered. And your prayers need to be for this country and for this nation. So we got to train an army to know how to pray effectively. We can't tell people to be like Roman Catholics, just confess your sins and continue to do them. And then think they got power with God. No, the Bible says if we confess and forsake our sins, we'll find mercy. Too many just confessing their sins, not doing the whole recipe. God has a formula for it. If we confess our sins and forsake them, we'll find mercy. I'm, 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 in, I'm giving you impartation of revelation so you can become a part of the end time intercessory army of God. Because we need to pray in your nation and my nation. And we need to cry out to God that he'll spare our lands and save our people. We need to stand in the gap. Oh, man, I feel God. We need to stand in the gap. And make up the hedge. Oh man, that's the that's the voice of God. He's looking for some intercessors out there. He's looking for you to enlist and begin to seek God. But do it right. You got to deal with sin. 
So we got to train people correctly so they can be good intercessors and they just don't get together. They're all living in sin and they do one hour of prayer and the Lord doesn't hear anything. And the prayers don't even go this high because they have unrepented sin in their life. Now, we need to train up an army of intercessors that's right with God, because who can ascend to the hill of the Lord or stand in the holy place but he that has clean hands and a pure heart that has not lifted up his soul unto vanity or spoken deceitfully. We need to train up at all the nations of the earth intercessors that will pray for their 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 prime ministers, their their kings, their presidents, their leaders, whatever they call them in your area. We need to intercede for the nations that we live in. And we need to pray for other nations as well. Lord, we ask that you would cause revival to come to Canada, to Australia, to the UK. We ask that you send your Holy Ghost to Japan and, and, and Taiwan, God. Lord, we just pray that you would send your Holy Spirit and cause a revival in your people. Wake up your prophets and prophetess that will not just prophesy, but say, repent and return back to the Lord. Wherewith have you sought me, but not with all of your heart? Wherewith you have asked, but with a lukewarm spirit? Wherewith your hearts have been stony, and you ask me to do, do a good work, and I will not do it. Break up, break up the fallow ground of your heart. Let the, your heart become softened by the Spirit of God. Cry out to the Lord and ask him to soften your heart and give you a spirit of repentance. And seek it diligently, diligently. If you feel nothing at all, change the way that you're walking. Repentance is not just about a feeling. Change the way you're walking. Stop doing what you're doing. It says in Isaiah, stop doing evil. It says that in, in, in Isaiah chapter 1, stop doing evil and learn to do good. So repentance is just not a feeling. Stop doing what's doing what you're doing that's wrong. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 17, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's evil. Stop doing what's wrong and start doing what's right, okay? We've got to get these people trained up throughout the world to be intercessory warriors. That's what we got to, we got to raise up an army of intercessor warriors, okay? To pray for, for, for our countries, for justice, for, for God to expose the wickedness, for God to dismantle the, the authorities that are in rebellion to that which is righteous, for, for the throne of God, it says in Psalms, is, is, is established on mercy and justice. God cares about justice. Ask the Lord to avenge you for the wickedness that's going on in your nation. Stand in the gap and make up the hedge, but get your life right so you can be that prayer warrior. Amen? So what does it say in Psalm 66, 18? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Get it right first. Amen? Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Isaiah 59, 2, 59, 2. Now, I'm not talking sinless per, uh, perfection, because the Bible says in John 1, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That term there, it's, it's a verb. It says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In other words, while we're practicing and pursuing and following and living righteous, if we accidentally make a, a sin or if we sin, it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us 
because we're walking light and we're practicing righteousness. Now, the Bible tells us what light is. Light is righteousness and darkness is wickedness. And the Bible says that if we say we have fellowship with God in John 1, chapter 1, if we say we have fellowship with God, but walk in darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. So the word to walk in darkness, that's living purposely, intentionally in sin. And walking in righteousness is purposely, intentionally living in righteousness. If you do that, the blood of Jesus, even when you might make a mistake in sin, until you've confessed it, it's covered in the blood of Jesus. That's what that says. It's not sinless perfection. But what people say is you have to sin. No, John 1 says, I write this to you, beloved, that you don't sin. You don't have to sin. Paul says, Shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live therein? Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Christians are not to be bound to sin. And the, John 1 says, if you're the servant of sin, then you will go to hell. John 1 says that. It says, and it says, hereby we know those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. He that practices righteousness is righteous. He that practices unrighteousness is unrighteous. So you got to deal with the sin issue every single day. You cannot allow sin to reign in your life. You cannot think you're a Christian if you have addictions. You cannot think you're a Christian if you have addictions. Because if you're the slave of sin, then that is your master. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Okay? But he says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Do you understand why there's no revival in America? You suddenly you're like, there's so many people praying, but they're not repenting. You, you understand I'm giving you strategies and tactics right now? Strategies and tactics from heaven. A lot of people have been praying in your country, in my country, right? We're not seeing a whole lot of results, are we? No, we, we're not. You know why? Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not answer my prayers. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. The Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 31 says, We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. And it's not talking that you don't make mistakes, but you follow and live in righteousness. You don't make excuses for sin. You're a Proverbs, uh, a Proverbs man, when it says in Proverbs that that uh, the fear of the Lord is to hate iniquity. You hate iniquity. You're not okay with iniquity. You hate it, okay? If you're okay with iniquity, that's that's unrighteousness, okay? That's unrighteousness, okay? All right, just give me a second here. Let's keep on going. Praise the Lord. We're, we're, we're raising up a, a army of prophetess and priests to Almighty God. Amen. That's what we got to do. Malachi 1, verses 7 and 9. You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. You are pre presenting defiled food upon my altar, but you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifices, is it not evil? So when you give a gift, that's not a good gift. And when you present the lamb that is sick, is this not evil? 
Why not offer it to your governors? Why don't you give these, these sick animals to your governors? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts, but now will you not, okay, but now will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us with such an offering on your part? Will he receive any kind, saith the Lord of hosts? He's saying, look it, what are you offering to the Lord? You're to offer to the Lord a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What are you offering to the Lord? Do you offer to the Lord a defiled uh, uh, offering and expect the Lord to rejoice over your offering? Do you do you do you praise the Lord with the lips you curse others with? Do you raise up the hands that 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 are used to do violence? Do you walk with the temple that you commit fornication with? What is it that you're offering to the Lord? Listen to what he says. Malachi 1, 7 and 9. You are presenting defiled food upon mine altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say the table of the Lord is, is to be despised. But when you present the blind for a sacrifice, a blind animal for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lamb that is sick, is it not evil? Why not offer to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly? Saith the Lord of hosts, but will you not entreat God's favor that he might be gracious to us with such an offering on your part? He will receive any any kind of offering, saith the Lord. He will not receive any kind of offering, saith the Lord. He's telling him, look it. He said, he, what did Paul say in Romans chapter 12? He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, reasonable form of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, are, what are you? Is your is your are you offering your body to the Lord in prayer that you've offered to the to to the devil in fornication that you've offered your mouth to worship the Lord when you curse others? This is not an offering to God. It's actually a form of blasphemy. So you've got to get yourself right with God before you can join the army of the prayer warriors so that your offering is right to God so he can hear your prayers. You don't need a new, a, a new change of clothes. You need to have a change in your heart. You don't need to rent your clothes, but you need to rent your heart. And you don't just need to feel sorry for your sin. You've got to determine that you're going to live righteous and purposely go about doing it. That's, that's not going to happen randomly. You're the sum total of your own choices. You're going to have to will it into existence. The will is the strongest part of the human that exists. Understand that. Jeremiah 14.10. 
Thus saith the Lord to his people, even so they have loved to wonder. They have not kept their feet in check. Therefore the Lord does not accept them, nor will he remember. Uh, remember. Okay, you got to remember that. He will now remember, pardon me, he will now remember their iniquities and call their sins to account. Listen to this. Jeremiah 14.10, Thus saith the Lord to his people, even so they have loved to wonder. Listen, wondering is when you're, that's, wondering is a very passive thing, isn't it? Not really dealing with, with sin. They're just kind of wondering. You're lukewarm. You're walking the fence. You're not fighting the battle sub, to subdue your mind. You're not fighting the, the battle su, to subdue your emotions. You're not b- fighting the battles to subdue your body. You're just passive. You're going to get taken out. This is a battle. Passive people die in war. We're in a, we, we, whoever told you that we weren't in a battle? We're told we're in a battle. Jeremiah 14.10, Thus saith the Lord to his people, Even so they have loved to wonder. They have not kept their feet in check. You're not checking yourself. You've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquities and call their sins to account. Listen, we've got to raise up an army that's going to live in repentance, people. Let's get some other scriptures here also now on the encouraging side. Amen. Scriptures about if you abide in Christ, he'll answer your prayers. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you'll receive if you keep his commandments. Okay, so we got to understand this, and I've got to equip you guys to understand this. I love you all out there, but this is prayer warrior time. Amen. This is prayer warrior time. We're going to train this church up. We got to get the body to back to where it needs to be. Okay, we need to start a, a movement here, grassroots movement here and all over the church. And some of you already in part of churches that are doing this, but you got to move it more. Bring some brothers and sisters together in your house and start praying. Okay. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. Okay, so Chronicles chapter, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 7, Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse uh, 14. If my people, that's you, the church. If my people, that's the church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. First, we got to get over entitlement and stop prophesying and saying God's going to bless America or the UK or Australia or Canada, no, no matter what. We got to get over that because the Bible says in Jeremiah 18, verses uh, nine and ten, that if God sends a prophet to prophesy over a nation, he's going to bless it, and that nation hardens its neck, turns away from them, he says, I will not bless it. So all you brothers and prophetess and prophets out there that say God's going to bless America no matter what, stop lying. The Bible says that scriptures are the teaching of doctrine. I proved it right now with the word of God. We've got to be calling people to intercession. 
So you see, the kingdom of God is, is all about strategies and tactics, because that's what you do when you're in war. And I'm giving you strategies and tactics so we can turn this thing around in America, in Canada, in Australia, in the UK. We've got to begin to take these strategies of the kingdom of God and implement them into the churches. We need to do, as it says in the book of Joel, the call an assembly, a fast to cry and weep for the people and ask God to spare the people. That's what we've got to do. We've got to stop talking and start walking. We've got to start living our faith out, okay? And then we're going to be powerful in the kingdom of God. So what does he say right here in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 14? If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, you're going to have to pray. You're going to see things happen. Oh, no matter what, God's going to bless America. Really? Really? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Oh, no, we can just live. We can just continue to promote alternate lifestyles and abortion. And, and God's going to bless our country. Hmm, that's interesting. What what book did you get that from? Uh, first and second, Bolognian. And no matter how thin you slice it, it still comes out bologna. Listen, second Chronicles chapter 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn, and turn from their wicked ways. You got to do your part and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. You got to, he's not going to hear from heaven if you don't, if you don't do his formula, if you don't do his, his, his precepts, his laws, his statutes, his ordinances, his commandments, you got to do it. If my people, which are called, that's the church, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, you're going to have to start having revival in the UK. You're going to have to start having prayer meetings in, in, in the UK and Canada and Australia in the United States of America and Brazil and Japan. You churches are going to get together and start interceding and praying. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Some of you are just praying and seeking space, but you're not turning from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive your sins, and I'll heal your land. This is the recipe for, for massive revival in America. So there, there is no limit to what God can do when people will turn their hearts to him. I understand that. I did say that. There is no limit to what God can do when people will turn their hearts towards him. In a nation, in a country, in a county, or in a city, or in a providence. I tell you, there's no limit to it. But we've got to do things God's way. We cannot expect God to conform to our ways. We must conform to his ways. So there's got to be a seeking of his face and a turning from our sins. And we've got to do that at a national level, at a city level, at a providence level, at a county level. At a state level, we've got to go and we have got to call the nations that uh, of the world to repent. Jesus said, my church shall be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what Jesus said. He said, my, my house should be a house of prayer for all nations. Did you know if your church doesn't have a prayer meeting, you ought to not even go there. Jesus said it. Jesus said, my house, the church, the people, the place, it's not a building, but he's talking about where the place where people come together, the ecclesia the called out ones, the people of God. He said, listen, the place where God dwells, he says, he said, uh, he says, my house, your house, did you know your God's house? The Bible says that in Peter. Okay. 
You're his house. So he, he says, he says, what does he say in his word of God? That you're the house of God, that I'm the house of God. We're the house of God. Okay. You and I are to be houses of prayer. You. Are you thinking somebody else is going to do your job? You're a house of prayer. Let me let me go to the scripture real quickly. You're a living temple made of lively stones. First Peter chapter two. You got to know who you are, people, so you can do what you've been called to do. Some of you are not doing your commission or your mission that God has given you. And you don't need a prophetic word. You got the word. Listen, I heard a good word yesterday by a, a, a sister, and I thought it was excellent. She said, some of you might hear God, but some of you may not hear God, but you'll be, but you'll still be called. She said, you're like, I, I forget who it was. It was Andrew. He went out and got Peter and John. See, uh, somebody like that. I forgot exactly who it was. It's, it, but the point is that one of them heard Jesus say, come and follow me. And then, and then one, that one went and got his brothers. They didn't hear Jesus call. They were called by their brothers. Let me tell you something. If you read the word of God, you're called. You don't have to hear Jesus say that. You need to hear the call. You're you're getting the call today from me, a brother. Okay. Listen to what he says in in 2 Peter, or 1 Peter, pardon me. Let's not move it from the wrong book there. Okay. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Ye are also a lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Do you, you hear what that Bible says about you? It says, ye, that's that's you, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God by Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Matthew 21:13 Matthew 21:13 Matthew 21 So now we're in Matthew 21 verse 13 and said unto them it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but ye have made it a den of thieves look it you're the temple of God. That's another scripture. Paul said, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Hold on a second, y'all. Okay. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What, know ye not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Remember, you're a spirit wrapped in in a soul, living in a body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I beseech you by the mercies of God to present your body 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable form of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to begin to live the transformed life, the renewed life, not walking after old idolatry and and, and jealousy and pride and worldliness, but walking after a spirit that is conforming to the gospels, that is a reflection of Christ. Okay, that's where we got to go. Know you not that you're the temple? Know you not that your that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, and you have been and and you, that you have of God and you're not your own. See, know you not that you're the temple of God? And Jesus said, "My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations." Well, you're the house of God. I'm not called to intercessory prayer. Well, you then then you then you're not born again. Because you are the temple of God. And he says that his temple is to be a house of prayer for all nations. So if you're not praying for other people, you're lukewarm and indifferent. You are, you're neglecting one of the calls that is without, without, it's irrevocable. One of the calls on your life is to be an intercessor. You're going to be judged on whether you've been an intercessor or not. Because every Christian is to be an intercessor. That's a fact. You're all called to be intercessors. Because the Bible says we bear the burdens that when we bear the burdens of others, we fulfill the law of Christ. So intercessory prayer is, is, is unselfish. It's not narcissistic. It's praying for others. Paul talks about esteeming the needs of others above yourself. That, that's this, the attitude of being like Christ. You got if you want to be yoked up with Jesus, he was an intercessor. Okay. He was a prayer warrior. If you want to be like Enoch, you're going to have to be a prayer warrior or Ezekiel. Okay, you're going to be a prayer warrior, or Elisha, or or Daniel. You have to be a prayer warrior. God has called every believer to be an intercessor, and our answer to our problem is sin. The answer to our problem is that is our problem is sin. The answer to our problem is prayer. Pardon me. The answer to our problem is prayer, and our problem is sin, because the Bible says sin is a reproach to any nation, including America. That's scripture. The Bible says every nation that forgets God will be cast off into hell. It says that, that righteousness promotes a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So, so our problem in America is sin. Yes, in America, the beautiful. That's right. The problem in America is that we've left the foundations of righteousness, and that's what's happened. And people didn't want God, so God gave them what they, they wanted, but they won't want what they get. And that's what's happening right now with our economy in America, that, they, that it's, you go to the grocery store and you're like, wow. You know, you look to see if there's anything left in your wallet after you go to the grocery store, okay? You go fill up your gas tank and you're like, wow. See, because what's going on is the problem in your nation and my nation, it's the same. So you might have a different accent than me in, in, in Australia or Canada or, you know, or the UK. But guess what? The problem in your nation is the same as the problem in America in its sin. That's what it is. Okay. And the, and the solution is repentance and prayer because you're the temple of God and I'm the temple of God. And we're in an end time generation. And God is, is not looking for someone else. He's looking for you. God is looking for a few good men and women to enlist. That's right. And he's not looking somewhere else. He's looking for you, brother. He's looking for you, sister. He's looking for you to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and to pray and cry out for, for the country that God would spare his people. In Joel, he says, call an assembly. 
in the book of Joel, God says to call the assembly to, to cry at the porch. Okay, let's see what I can find here. Let's go to Joel real quickly. God bless you all here. I didn't even find the book, Joel. Here, let me find it real quickly, y'all. Give me a second. God bless you. So it says it's uh, one, okay, one, three, three, nine. One, three, three, nine. Okay. Let me find it real here. Uh, okay, Joel, chapter one, verse 14. Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord, which is what? A house of prayer. So if you're a pastor, an apostle, an evangelist, a teacher, a prophet, whatever you are, or just a, just a house of God, know ye not that ye are the temple of God, your lively stones that make up the house of God? You, not someone else. This You've been commissioned for this mission. You're to be an intercessor. Get to your knees. Start praying for the country. Amen. All right. What does he say here? Joel. Chapter 1, verse 14. Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. As a destruction from the Almighty, it shall come. See, He's talking about these people, and he's telling them, cry out, because judgment's coming. That's what he's telling them right here. He's telling them, listen, you need to begin to cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord between the porch and the altar. Joel 2.17. Joel 2.17. Uh, we'll start, actually, a verse if you wonder what I'm doing right now, I'm doing this right now. I'm doing Joel chapter 2, verse 15. That's what I'm doing with this program today. Okay? Praise God for that. That's what I'm doing. Chapter 2, verse 15. I'm fulfilling that scripture right now in your hearing as a, as a man of God. Joel chapter 2, verse 15. Blow the trumpets in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. That's what I'm doing today. That's what I'm doing today. That's what I'm doing in your midst right now. Blow the trumpet in Zion. You're the church. That's Zion. Wow. Sorry, I got to I got to de- take that off. I forgot to do that. Uh, Joel chapter two verse fifteen. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That's the church, the body of Christ, the people of God. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. You got to sanctify yourself. You got to forsake sin. You got to make yourself right with God. Tell the people to get what's straight. That's what the word sanctify is talking about there. Have them separate themselves from the things of the world, the family of the flesh. That's what he's saying right here. Gather the people and sanctify the congregation, the assembly, the assembly, the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth as his to his chambers and the bride out of her closets. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, listen. Revelations chapter one, verse six says we're all priests. It says God has made you priest 
and kings under Christ. Go read it in your Bible, Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. You're a priest. So this is what you need to do. You're a house of God and you're a priest. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people. Don't say, God, wipe out America. Wipe out wipe out the UK. Wipe out Canada or Australia. No, 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 no. This is what you should be praying. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep. Are you crying? Weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach that the heathen should not rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Listen, don't let this happen on your watch. Don't let America go down on your watch. Don't let the UK go down on your watch. Don't let Australia go down on your watch. Don't let Brazil go down on your watch. You prayer warriors, you need to assemble together and begin to intercede. And you need to do what I said. You got to first repent of your own sins. You got to put away your evil. Stop doing evil and learn to do good. You got to start doing what's right. You got to get your life right with God. Start doing what is right. That's the intercessor needs to do what's right. You got to take at you got to take care of what's in your own house before you start praying for other people's houses. Right? You gotta take care of what's in your own house. That's your body, your spirit, your mind, your will. You gotta take care of what's there before you start going for the house of the nation. Okay? For the White House. Okay? All right? That's the truth. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine inheritance to reproach. And the, that the heathen should rule over them. We don't want to be ruled over by these despots and these tyrants. We don't want to be ruled over by them. There's something you can do. The problem is sin. The solution is repentance and prayer. we got to call for the nations to turn away from their sins. This message of repentance must be preached from the pulpit. It doesn't matter that it's not a popular message. It's the only message that will change the nations and the hearts of men. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine inheritance to reproach, that the heathen should not rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Are you hearing the message today that I'm preaching to you? I'm calling for you to be an army of prophets and prophetess. I'm calling you to be a people of intercession. I'm giving you a mission. Do you understand that? And that, that that mission is a commission that you are the house of God. It says it there, and we just read it in Peter, that, that your lively stones that make up the house of God. We read that in, in, in Peter chapter, uh, it was I think it was chapter one or two. It doesn't matter. I quoted it earlier in the show. You can look it up yourself. So in Peter, he says, your lively living stones that make up the house of God. And then Paul said, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? And Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. For all nations. So you are the temple and the house of God. You are to be a house of prayer. Are you a person of prayer? Because if you're not, you're doing your commission and your mission. And you're going to give account for everything you've been called to do in your life. And as a Christian, you've been called to be an intercessor, to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. Not to be narcissistic and just pray for yourself. You're for no more. No, you're to pray for other nations. You're to pray for other people. You're to pray for other people's problems. You're to intercede to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for them. 
For when we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul says that every thought of you, I began to intercede and pray for you. And Samuel, the prophet said, I have not, he said, I have not ceased. Uh, He said, I have not sinned. He said, I have not sinned. Pardon me. He says, I have not sinned and ceasing to pray for Israel. We have got to stand in the gap. We've got to make up the hedge. We've got, we've got to cry out to God. As it says there in Joel, and we've got to say, God, spare our, spare our nation, spare, spare Canada, spare Australia, spare the UK, spare America, God. Don't let us be a reproach to the nations. Almighty God, forgive us for the sins that we've committed against you, Almighty God. Cause a heart of repentance and brokenness to come to the church. Lord, let it start. Let it start with me. Let it start with the people of God watching this program, God. Lord, we have turned our hearts to you and we will worship no one else. Lord, I'm resolute in my commitment to you. There's no there's no uh, vacillating in my heart, Father. I, I'm resolute, God. I've renounced the world. I've renounced the devil. I've renounced the flesh. I'm resolute, God. I pray that the people that are watching would be resolute, that they'd settle the matter, that they're not walking the fence, that they would, that they would uh, stop their evil doing and learn to do righteousness, that they would cease from evil and do good, that they would pursue righteousness. Hallelujah. The the vision that I saw a couple nights ago, morning, actually, men's prayer meeting. uh, In the prayer meeting in the morning, I had like four or five visions while the the prayer meeting was going on. Four, four accurately. It was four visions I had during the prayer meeting. Uh, Not, that wasn't five, it was four. One of the visions that the Lord showed me was was a lamb when well, I was a lamb it was a deer I saw a deer and the Lord was speaking to me in that in that time in the prayer meeting in the morning about the deer heart of the believer and that that the Lord had showed me before and I was just sharing as as there was we were here praying and I I saw a, a, a young calf and I knew that that young calf was going to grow up into be a full calf and and I and I felt that it would represented idolatry, and that it says in the Word of God that it's a little foxes that spoil the the, the uh, vine. So little things like little calves become big idols if you don't deal with them. And you know, and then the Lord, as I continue to pray in the Spirit, whatever I forget all every detail of what was going on, but I was seeking the Lord, and the Lord then He showed me the vision of the deer. He showed me the vision of the deer, and I shared the first part. I said, hey, look it, you got to deal with anything in your life that might look like a small thing now, but later it's going to become big, so you got to kill it now because it's going to grow up. And, I, and then the Lord spoke to me, and he said, but there's a, there's, that's the way to do it. It's always to kill what's, what's going to – don't allow any compromise in your life. Kill it. Deal with it. But then what do you do once you've killed something and, and it's dead? Listen, you maintain the heart of a deer. You maintain the heart of a deer. And, and, and here's what uh, David said. And this is what I saw this in the, in, the, in the morning. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Scripture, verse and chapter, as the deer panteth for the water, book of Psalms. Psalms 42, Psalms 42, Psalms 42, 1, 
As the heart or the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and before and come before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually said, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I poured out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude and went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, and with the multitude I kept thy holidays. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and the night. His song shall be with me and my prayer shall be unto the God of my life. And I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forsaken me? Why do I go a morning because of the oppressors of the oppression of my enemies as a sword in my bone? My enemy reproaches me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. See, the Lord showed me Psalms, uh, the deer. I saw the deer, this vision of a deer. And the Lord showed me that deer represents the, the, the deer heart. See, listen, if you stay on fire from God, that's your best protection uh, from from falling into sin, staying on fire with God, being a being a, 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 a always a burning ember for the Lord, always always on fire for God, always. If you're not on fire for God, then you're in compromise. You're lukewarm. You're indifferent to God. That means you've got an idol. You're an idol worship. We know that no idol worshiper has any place in the kingdom of God. So if if Jesus isn't lighting you on fire, and if you're not aggressive and violent for the kingdom of God against unrighteousness, if you're not looking to uproot wickedness in your life and cast down anything that's not of the Lord, then you are you're in compromise. Okay. So this is what the Lord showed me right here in Psalms, where He says, "As the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul longeth after Thee." There's one thing I desire that will I seek after Psalms. Psalms 27, you want to keep yourself right with God, Psalms 27, 4, Psalms 27, uh, well, no, that's not actually the right one, 27, no, it is, 27, 4, 27, 4, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, one thing. Have I desired the Lord? That will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies." Round about me, therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. 
Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Will my father and my mother forsake me? Then will the Lord take me up. Teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over to the, uh, to the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He says, one thing I've desired of the Lord. One thing. 27.4. One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. He sh- in his secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. See, listen, that's the one thing you need to do now. Okay, I preach to you guys. Listen, we our problem with our nations is sin. The answer is repentance and prayer and intercession for our nations. This is the message of a, a man who spent time with God. This is the fire that the Lord gave me from the altar. We, we got to bring the word of God like it really is. And I know other men of God are here. In my, I'm not the only man of God saying this. I know that. But I know a lot of people aren't calling them. They're talking about God's going to do this and this. Listen, listen, if if God is going to judge, is he going to judge? We should be saying what it said there in Joel. Spare your people, God. Don't give your heritage over to reproach. Don't let that happen, almighty God. Save your people, almighty God. Spare your people. And what does he say? He gives us the recipe, the formula. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn, turn, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal, heal their land. There is hope today, but we cannot do it another way. We've got to go God's way. There's prophets that are prophesying and are explaining the way of the Lord. I lost my I lost my signal there for a little bit. These are the ways of the Lord, brothers and sisters. Hold on, let me see about my stuff here real quickly. These are the ways of the Lord, brothers and sisters. That's what I'm preaching. Because when I sought the Lord, just as a man made a clay. I asked the Lord to put his fear upon me, and I sought him for around three days, asking the Lord to put his fear upon me. I've been taken out of my, my, out of my body some like 35 years ago, uh, and, and not a dream and a vision. Mainly what I share here is visions and dreams. But I saw Jesus one day walk through my door, and he said to me, son, come with me. And the one that was brilliant like the light, my spirit came out of my body, and I went into hell. And he showed me hell, and he told me at a capsule that as a born-again Christian, if I continued to believe that no matter how I lived, I would go to heaven, that I was going to split hell wide open. And to, and to basically send me back as a watchman telling people that, listen, you must fear the Lord. 
You must sanctify God in your heart. That you cannot play games with God. And just because you're born again and then you turn away from God, think you're going to go to heaven. It's a lie. You've been deceived by false prophets. Hear what the word of the Lord is saying from a man that has been a, a made a, a, a watchman to the church. You must turn from your iniquities. You must stop your sins, stop your evil doings, and learn to do good. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Beat your body and bring it under subjection. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of God. Thank God that he showed me mercy. Didn't let me die when I was a Calvinist. Didn't let me die when I was preaching once saved, always saved. But instead came to me in a supernatural experience and took me to hell. Not a vision, not a dream. I'm telling you, that's what happened. That's why I changed. My brother was like, how could you change so fast? You were, you were preaching Calvinism and you believed Calvinism and you changed just like that. Because I had a visitation of Jesus. That'll change you. That'll change you. That'll change the, 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 the double helix of your, your supernatural uh, nature. It'll saturate you. It'll perme permeate you. Uh, a visitation will change your DNA. And I, and, and I had a visitation of Jesus Christ. And so recently I've been just seeking, Lord, I, I want to go deeper in the fear of the Lord. And as I was going deeper in the fear of the Lord, the Lord began to remove layer off of layer of things that I didn't even see. And began to, I began to see clear revelation, clear discernment, clearer understanding about what's going on in the earth and also about what's going on in the, in, in the prophets, that they have a vision, but they have no discernment. They receive a word from the Lord and they don't know, even know how to deliver it because they don't understand these things that I've been preaching here today. We've got to get back to the call of God upon the church to the call of God on the church is to first be right with God and then go get the nations right with God. But the condition the church is, the condition is that the church is not right with God and they're praying that God would cause revival in the nations. They're wrong. We've got to call the priest and the ministers all together. We need to, we need to seek the Lord and ask for God to forgive our nations for their sins. We've got to first and foremost be the church that is judging ourselves. Peter said it. He said, judgment must first start in the house of God, then in the world. So the church has got to first judge themselves and deal with the sin in their life. Because the problem that's happening in these nations, in our nation, is sin. And the answer is God, but it's repentance because the church is out of fellowship with God. And their prayers are an abomination to the Lord. Many of them that call him Lord, Lord, but they don't do anything he says. I'm telling you like it is, people. I'm calling you like it is. I'm telling you like it is. And I'm, I am no man other than, I'm just nothing but a, a piece of dust. I'm nobody. But I saw Jesus and he, he let me know that if you are born again, you've got to continue in the fear of the Lord, continue in holiness, continue abiding in Christ, continue seeking God, continue practicing righteousness till the end. And you are not to do anything else. And you're to keep the Lord sanctified in your heart is the only God that you serve. And as the love of your life, that's what you got to do. You got to you got to seek to have that heart of a deer, as the deer panted for the water. So my soul longeth after thee. You got to have a heart like that for God. You got to be hungry for the Lord. And if you're hungry for the Lord, the Lord will fill you. Amen. God bless you all. So God bless you. Hey, there's my brother Mike, my literal brother. Hey, Mike, his name is Michael. Mike, good to see you there, bro. 
um, kingdom of God, shalom as well here. Denise, God bless you. Amen. Aaron, God bless you. Tony, God bless you. Crystal, God bless you. Amen. Good to see a lot of the people out there this morning. So that's that's the word of God that I've received, is that that we, that you, that I, are the temples of the Holy Ghost. And that we cannot offer to God defile things upon the altar of God. We cannot do that. We cannot give in the offering to God when you're defrauding your 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 uh, clients. You cannot give in the offering of God when you're defrauding your employees. So you you can't you can't do that. You can't offer to God with unclean hands. You can't offer to God with unclean eyes. You cannot offer to God with unclean lips. He said, how do you bring these offerings to me? And you think I'll accept them. They're defiled. But the Bible says in Romans 17, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So we've got to, you are the house of God. I am the house of God. Let's clean house. Let's clean house. Then we can start talking about the church cleaning the house. Then we can talk about the nation to clean the house. This is the word the Lord gave to me for the, the church, for the body of Christ. That you are a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. And therefore, you're an intercessor. And you should be bearing upon you the body of Christ in intercessory prayer. You should be praying, God, spare the church. Turn your people unto God. Let repentance come and the fear of the Lord be restored to the church. That's what we need to go. This whole message came from a three-day time of seeking the Lord, asking the Lord to give me more of the fear of the Lord, though I've already been to hell. Even though I've already been to hell, I asked the Lord to give me more of the fear of the Lord. And as, I, as he gave me more fear of the Lord, it removed scale after scale off my eye, and my ears began to hear so clearly where I began to hear what God was saying. And he said, many of my prophets are prophesying half. They don't understand fully because their minds are non-renewed. Because, because they're walking in the flesh, they receive a vision and they don't understand it. So it's out of context. And you need to, you need to go and preach this message because it's a message from heaven and it's a timely message that if things are going to happen in the United States and Canada and in the UK and Australia and other countries of the world, then the church has got to do what God says. And the church is going to have to judge its own self first and deal with its own personal sin. Then start dealing with the church that you're in and then start dealing with the nation. Start praying for it. But until the church gets synchronized with once the church, the church must synchronize itself with God for us to be effective at, at all. And so God is saying, this is the message for this day and this hour is for the church to not tear their garments, but to rend their hearts. Crowd to the Lord and change your doings. Stop doing evil. And learn to do good. Have your mind renewed. Start walking in righteousness. Then your prayers, brothers and sisters, then your prayers will be an incense to the Lord. Your prayers will be an incense to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Literally, brothers and sisters, your prayers will be an incense to the Lord. Isn't that neat? When you're right with the Lord, your prayers are a beautiful incense. They go up into heaven and God smells your prayers. And he's, 
He breathes them in, literally. Your, the, the prayers of the righteous are an incense to the Lord, but the prayers of the wish, wicked are an abomination unto God. And your prayers, they go up to the Lord and he breathes them in. Amen. And then he, and he sends his angels to begin to establish those prayers. So the church has got to return to what the church was, was called and made for, a house of prayer. And we've got to start with personal repentance, then corporate repentance, and then national repentance. Personal repentance, corporate repentance, and then national repentance. That's the word of the Lord. God gave it to me. Okay? That's what the Lord told me. The church has got to deal with personal repentance, then corporate repentance, then national repentance. We want national repentance, and we don't even have personal repentance. So we've got to start with personal repentance, then corporate repentance. That's the church. Then national repentance. That's the word of the Lord God sent to this prophet to say. That's the word he gave to me for the church. That it's got to start with personal repentance, corporate repentance, then national repentance. That, that we cannot expect random things to happen. God to just just move in the earth when the, the church is, is, is promoting wickedness and evil. I'm telling you, God said, I've sent my prophets to you from the morning till evening, and they've told you to return to me, but you would not. But you've committed adultery under every green bay tree. You followed after every imagination of your heart. And I called you when I would have brought you unto myself. but you would not. I told you to soften your hearts, but you would not. You stiffened your neck and you followed after every idol. And, and, and he said, and because of that judgment will come. And I'm telling you, if we don't see repentance in the church, we'll not see the move of God in the nation that he wants to do. Don't you want, if there's a move of God in your church, is that, are you just satisfied with that? If that, is that not happening in the church across town? You're just satisfied with your four or no more. So maybe you're maybe you're experiencing revival in your church. That's good. There's other people going to hell right now. You're just going to sit there and camp out on your move of God. No, it's time for you to begin to cry out for the church across town. It's time to begin to cry out to the, the church for other countries. We need to begin to intercede and pray as prayer warriors for the kingdom of God. That's our call. That's what we're called to do. Amen. I'm telling you, that's the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let this word burn in your heart. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father God, we just ask, Lord, that we would be these living tabernacles. That we would be on fire, lively stones, God. Lively, living stones with life. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I feel your glory. I feel your presence right now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, the power of the Lord is so holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallow the Lord in your midst. Sanctify your hearts. Consecrate your walk unto the Lord. Return to him. Purify your hands and purify your hearts. Sanctify your doings. Return to the Lord with all of your heart and he will return to you. Lord, we just ask that you would bring revival. But let it start with me. Let it start 
with the brothers and sisters that are watching, that your people, which are called by your name, might humble themselves and to seek your face and to pray and to turn from their wicked ways. Then you'll hear from heaven and you'll heal our lands and you'll forgive our sins, Lord. We're asking God to pour out a revival upon the church. We're asking, Lord, as every revival that has ever been in history was birthed out of a prayer and intercessory and the foundation and the roots of it were gone deep into preaching repentance. Every real move of God has had a foundation of repentance and the fear of the Lord. Oh, God, we pray that you would once again stir up the nations, God, stir up the churches, stir up your people, God, to begin to bore deep into the foundations, God, to go deep into the word of God, to settle in their heart matters that are not right between them and God, that they would listen to the holy of holies inside of them where the presence of God is and fix anything that's out of alignment with the kingdom, that they bring everything under the subjection and to the rule of Jesus Christ. Oh God, we pray that you would shake the nations Shake the nations, God. Shake the nations with your power, God. Shake the nations with your power, God. Lord, we pray that you would shake the nations with your power, God. Send your power to the church. Send your power to the sisters and the brothers, God. Start the revival in each heart and everyone who's watching the program. Give them hearts to receive the power and the glory, God. In Jesus' name, bring repentance to your nation. Bring repentance to the holy nation, which is the church. The holy nation, ye are a holy nation. Hallelujah. It says that you're a holy nation. Hallelujah. A generation of priests unto God. Lord, bring repentance to your church. Lord, start this revival. Every revival, God, that has ever been has started when the church repented and returned to the Lord. And it's not going to be any different today. The church must repent and return to the Lord for a revival to happen in the earth, God. And we ask, Lord, that it would start here. And I pray and I commission people for this mission. In Jesus' name, I seal that you've been brought into light. And now you're responsible with the light that you have. And God expects for you to walk in righteousness. And he expects for you to receive his commission for the mission, which is to be an intercessor, an intercessor for the body of Christ, for the nation, and for the world. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. Thank you, Gary. That's what God wants. Amen. So God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching the program. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And let revival start with you. Amen. This is Pastor John. Shalom.